Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Ignorance Is This, a podcast all about a different way of experiencing cinema with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. My name is Skirt Wharton, and the car in front of me is a Toyota, Oliver Deer. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this one was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah. Hello. I wonder who the company was that I saw that tagline from. Is that the tagline? The car in front of me. Yeah, Toyota. yeah. I, I think it's supposed to uh, symbolize speed, and you're behind the car. Oh. The one in front is a Toyota, and the the idea that I'm doing a podcast with a car is funny. Too. <laughs> <laughs> vroom vroom! Here I am, Oliver oh, Deer, no. in front of you as always. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself this week, Scott Martin? What do I have to say for myself? Yeah. Um, I apologize for um saying two weeks ago on the podcast that I was going to buy uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider on PlayStation 4. I didn't. I bought um what is basically Rise of the Tomb Raider DLC, which is <laughs> Uncharted DLC. Right. And, and I've been playing that instead. It feels like it's the same thing, though. We're in nice locations. I'm playing strong kick-ass um, female leads, and it's great. Yeah. It's just a, it's a shame that it's short. So that's what yeah. that's our game update corner. Yep. We have Game Corner every week on the podcast. It's been a tradition since episode one. My hot take is that they've recently put on the PlayStation buttons, they've removed the the circle, the X, the square and the triangle on the new newest model. And it just says YOLO now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt because I didn't know where that was going. Neither did I. <laughs> Is it April Fool's or something? Oh, I forgot, but let's claim that's why I said that. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Uh, What else do you have to apologize for? Do I have something to apologize for? I don't know. Do you want to let me know? Do you? I don't think so. You do, don't you? What have I done? Guilty. (laughs) Guilty this man's face. We're in person. Oh, yeah. Usually not in person. Usually over Skype. That's why we're not not lagging and we're not speaking over the top of each other. No. No. See, see how no, different the, it is there? What, sorry, what were you going to say? What? Is, I, what's happening here? Sorry, I know. I was going to speak about... Um, yeah, but... Okay, well, the, you can go first. Yeah. Well, okay, so when this week we start... Are you going to start speaking? Because I... Uh, oh, what uh, were you going to say? What? Do... Hey, you, you, huh, huh, yeah, huh, <laughs> one, jump! two, three. Yeah, I wish we were more synchronized and we knew where that was going. Like, if we had, like, a prepared sentence that we could have, like, started synchronizing with. We need to prepare this but yes, this week, what have we done? We've gone to the movie cinema and we've watched a movie called Ready Player One. Yes. This is something we've talked a lot about in the podcast before because I mentioned ages ago that I read the book. And uh, sorry, that was just <laughs> that was me adjusting my glasses just then. <laughs> and uh, I read the book and I was really excited when I, this movie got announced. Yeah. So that's finally come out and we're going to chat about this. You, it, way back in the podcast, like episode single numerical digits, you were making fun of it, not just talking about how you've read the book, but in fact, you were saying that the way that they named their um, ah, yes. the, the categorical players in the Oasis yeah. uh, was silly. Yeah. Do you, now that you've heard it in person, yeah, right. I've silly? heard it out loud, haven't yeah. I? Yeah. Officially from the Spielman himself. Yeah. Something I found funny. So what, that you're, if you're hunting for the Easter egg within this game, if you're one of those people hunting for it, you're called a gunter. And we, we made fun of any name that just, it says what you are and then it adds ER on the end of it. So yeah. you're like a gunter, a reaper, a chaser, you know, something like that. That's in lots of like, you know, fictional works and fantasy worlds and stuff. Fighter. <laughs> Street fighter. We're podcasters. That's oh, an yeah. example. That's a great, that's a great. I was thinking, what could I make a funny joke here on? And nothing came to me. <laughs> But yeah, um, 
you know what? They only said Gunter. They might have said it a couple times, but the only time I noticed was very early on when they were explaining kind of the world's exposition. And then it wasn't really referenced again. So it's kind of like they're just saying it as a way of, you know, they're like, hey, this is just how we're referring to these people. But they didn't, you know, there was no cringy dialogue of like, I'm a Gunter and that means I'm a hero. I didn't hear any of that crap. (laughs) Which I'm thankful for. Not not in the actual specific example of Gunter, but there was quite a little bit of cringy dialogue yeah. over overhead of the uh, uh, voiceover. Yes, yeah, so that's one of the big criticisms with the book was that um, there was a bit of a cringe factor to mm. parts of it. It was written by a creep. <laughs> we were researching the author before, and we we don't much like like him. Mm. He <laughs> but... made, he's a he's a poet. <laughs> yeah, he's a poet. You can look him up. Viewers can look him up yeah. um, for themselves if they would like to. So yeah, one of the things I was um, thankful for when hearing about this movie was that it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Yep, because he's a who I'd classify as quite a respected director, and therefore in the past. Yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. And I was really hoping that he would pick up and delete some of the mistakes from the book or some of the things from the book that a lot of people find a, a little bit cringy. Yes. About the culture and the characters. Yes, the uh, the, the Bazinga factor. I yes, think. I, the I Bazinga wanna, I want to start coining that. If, uh, if, if something is overly nerdy for the sake of I'm going to get the respect of my peers by also being nerdy, yeah. let's call that the, uh, the Bazinga effect. Okay, so that's the Bazinga effect coined from Sheldon Cooper. That sort of person? Yeah. I don't know if that person exists in real life. I'm, I think they might. Listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the book, basically, this, the story behind this, this movie, Ready Player One, is that it's in the distant future, or the near future, sorry, yeah. where the whole world is now absorbed in this massive virtual reality world called the Oasis. It's basically an endless sandbox universe in which you can carry out your own missions doing your own thing or you can you know there are a lot of things you can do i don't know how much the movie really revealed but in the books um like you can go shopping and you can at least you know you can deliver real things to your real life self they did that once in the yeah in the it was kind movie. of it's kind of implied through like just the visuals and everything which the visuals really cool we'll get to that later mm. so like every, pretty much everyone lives in this online world and because a lot of people in real life are in poverty and they don't you know, there's nothing in the real life that's keeping them there. It's as apocalyptic a future as you can get without being apocalyptic, mm-hmm. would you say? So it's like it's like it's pre-apocalyptic, yeah. not post-apocalyptic. Yeah, and it, it's it's good Just. because it's in some way a very believable future where you know technology is advancing and it's sort of this black mirror, evil you know, technology-ruled universe, which we kind of, like, society just lets this happen. But what if phone? (laughs) (laughs) What if phone, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what this movie is asking today. What if virtual reality, but too far? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And basically, the premise for the story is that the the CEO, the founder of this oasis, he dies just from old age, we assume. Nefarious plot, perhaps. Pretty much old age. Is well, I would imagine that they would go more into that in the books. Is that what happens in the books? Um, yeah, no, I think he just dies from a disease and you know, he's old. But he leaves behind a trail that leads to an Easter egg. And an Easter egg is for those who don't play a lot of video games. It's something sort of just like a surprise left in there for the developers for players to find. And it's usually like a, you know the name of a of a 
one of the developers. A little love letter yeah. to the developer's wife if you press in a certain yeah. numerical code into a... Oh, sorry, the the squares and triangles yeah. in the correct order. It's like a fun little surprise. Yeah. Um, fun fact, yep. IRL, I am. Um, I consider myself to be considered quite of a gunter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my favourite... I like video games, yes, but my favourite thing is uh, finishing a video game or even finishing a TV show or whatever and uh, then researching online to see what kind of Easter eggs there were. Like, I, oh, the final episode is this week. Finally, I can go onto the Wikipedia yeah. page and see what everyone has to say about, ooh, in this episode, this thing happens. So yeah. this, on paper, this is a movie straight up my alley. Yeah. And you were obviously yeah. the same for you, considering you read the book years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, I really like the con- the concept behind it. Um, where the books like trend into a sort of cringiness is some of the characters are very I don't know. Sheldon very, Cooper. Ner- yeah, Sheldon Cooperish, nerdy and self absorbed. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. <laughs> because Sheldon Cooper is kind of so pop culturally inclined and nerdy that he's unlikable. Yeah. But I imagine that. Uh, this earnest gentleman mm. uh, would try to write his characters to be nerdy but also charismatic, like a Will Wheaton. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> what part of the plot in the books is the founder? In order to you know find, in order to find this Easter egg, you have to know a lot about the founder. And the found the founder or the CEO of this oasis, he loved eighties things. So, in order to solve the puzzles. You have to know a lot about 80s pop culture and 80s references, which the main character does. And he's a little bit insufferable because he describes in great detail how much he knows. Yeah. For people that don't know a lot about 80s pop culture, myself included, I didn't know everything they were talking about in the book or even in the movie. It's it's kind of interesting hearing about some of the like the facts that he has about this. And it's, you know, it is quite interesting because obviously it's just it's pretty much just the author showing off how much he knows, right? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, essentially, they have to know all this information. And it does come back later in the book, like, oh, you know, wow, I needed to know this challenge because, like, I, this is something I've studied for. And that's where the main characters in the book become a little bit intolerable because they just show off how much, you know, how smarty pants they really are. They yes. get better towards the end. But, yeah, that's probably one of the big criticisms of the book. So, Scott, did you think... I thought in the movie... I, that didn't really come across at all for me, only because perhaps I had such a juxtaposition and a contrast to the book where I'm not getting every single detail. I'm not getting pages and pages of 80s references. In yeah. this, I got maybe a couple of lines. Sure. What did you think, though? What did I think of the incessant 80s references yeah. and whatnot? Yes, what did you think? Um, Look, I, I was convinced I was going to hate this movie going in. Yeah. Um, And that was because I don't, I don't much care for... Like, while I do consider myself a bit of a you know geeky nerd boy when it comes to this kind of thing like for example in the movie there's a plot point about a particular director like a disliking a particular yeah. piece of work mm-hmm. and that was a cool moment for me because when they show that on screen i was like oh i get it but then they explain it to the people that didn't get yeah, it yeah. so few and far between there were some points that i was like bored when they were explaining things that i already knew uh-huh. but when i was going into the movie i was thinking that the whole movie was going to be explanations about things right to the point where it was insufferable like you said with pages and pages of written text about it i wouldn't be able to get through that book mm. i don't think that is ex- it's 100% what the book was it's ex- it's as if they were always explaining you know things 
back in the past yeah. and explaining how it's relevant to the current situation. Sure. So I was going in thinking that those parts were going to be the bits that I hated the most about how really slap in the face it was about these references in about the 80s. Mm-hmm. But it actually kind of became the part that I liked the most. Right. The parts that I thought I was going to like the most, I ended up hating. Okay. And the bits that I, all the references and whatnot were um, were actually quite fun to keep yeah. an eye out for and an ear out for and whatnot. I think because Spielberg like kind of reserved himself with the references, he made every he reference didn't, quite. He didn't a... Spielberg himself, <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't go in on the Spielbergness. He didn't much. There at was all. there was no ET. There was no. You know, I thought he had he had Star Wars and Harrison. Uh, sorry, and sorry, Indiana Jones I, at his at his disposable. I'm sure. I was a hundred percent sure because this guy bloody loves his Atari games. I was convinced they were going to make a joke about the ET video game destroying the game industry like it did. You know about that? <laughs> I don't know. Let about me go that. all bloody. Uh, okay. What's his name? Give us give us some eighties references, some background context. Let me go all Parsifal slash Wade uh, Ty <laughs> Sheridan on you. <laughs> Uh, no, there was there was a video game based on ET that was so terrible that it destroyed the gaming industry. Like oh, it, right, they made right. so many copies of it, no one bought it. What they eventually did is they went out into some like r- desert area in the US somewhere, or maybe Mexico, and they just dumped them into oh, the wow. sand. And uh, they were only recently recovered, like a couple years ago. Crazy. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this whole character being about, I love the Atari more than any of my PlayStation 10s, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I was convinced that they were going to have a little tongue-in-cheek joke about E.T., but they didn't, and I'm yeah. upset about it. Sorry, and if I seem if I seem distant, it's because <laughs> I'm just reading a Wikipedia article. Um, Ernest Klein also has a book called Amada. Yeah, this is a, a spiritual sequel, I think. Something like that. The story follows a teenager who is an online video who plays an online video game about defending against an alien invasion, only to find out that the game is a simulator to prepare him and people around the world for defending against an actual alien invasion. Will Wheaton, who narrated the audiobook version of Klein's previous novel, Ready Player One, performs the audiobook for Amada as well, and plans for a film adaptation are also in process. Oh my god. Isn't that exactly what I could have wrote that as a joke? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that plot point, the fact that Will Wheaton's part of it and the fact that it's have, being made into a movie. I, I don't understand that. Do you know what Ender's Game is? I know I know that that's a film. That's the plot. That it's it's a That's that's the plot. The video plot game is prep. they're in a simulation or they're preparing for a like video game like thing, but it's actually the real thing. I'm sorry, that's going to be spoilers for Ender's Game. But that is the plot. Is they don't think they're preparing for the alien invasion, but they are. When hostile aliens uh, called the Formix attacked Earth, Earth, only the legendary heretics of Mazarakim, which is played by Ben Kingsley, managed to attain a victory. To prepare for the next attack, uh, colonial uh, Hiram Graff, played by Harrison Ford, and his cohorts initiate a military program to find the next Mazar. Okay, so... Okay, let's, let's play a really quick game of uh, Fruit is a Cute. What did Ender's <laughs> Game get? 69... Oh, no. Nah. I, I even gave you a little visual clue to go like, yes, come on, you're so close. It's 61%. Ah, come on. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we're, we are way off topic. <laughs> I, I, just, for some, hey. I just read that Amada thing thinking <laughs> that is classic Klein and classic right. the fact that we're weak. Yeah. But um, anyway, so back to Spielberging it up. Yeah. I guess uh, he didn't include a lot of his things. He did he include the Jurassic Park dinosaur. Well, I mean, it was a dinosaur. It did look very much like a Jurassic Park dinosaur, though. 
Okay. Uh, you mean a T-Rex? <laughs> I, yeah, it looked like okay. It looked like a T-Rex, but it's like a T-Rex can technically look like anything because they've only got skeletons. That's true. Right? But it looks like a T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Did Spielberg have anything to do with Kong? No, I don't. Think mm, so. Okay. That's Percy Jackson. <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> Peter Jackson. <laughs> well, this is actually we we discussed before the show. I have a list of notes that were just things that I liked and disliked about the movie. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a second. But I have one uh, discussion point that I want to pitch to you. Yeah. Okay. And you just, you kind of tipped, you tiptoed the line just there on it being what I was writing about. Did this feel like Spielberg? Did this film feel like a Steven Spielberg film? Away from the fact that it, it could have had possible references to ETs and whatnot, did this feel to you like Steven Spielberg directed it? To me, it did. Yeah. Okay. No. What, I, what do you I, think? Well, I'm, I'm looking. I'm also on Wikipedia page for Steven Spielberg <laughs> to to find out the things that I've seen of him. Yeah. Jaws. <laughs> uh, I've seen ET, and I've seen one Indiana Jones film. Yeah. Okay. And Jurassic Park. The reason I think it's very Spielberg, or at least classic Spielberg. So, I need to watch Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> I've had that. I've had that as a note in my phone. Yeah. Since you and I saw it when we were buying that snack pack that one time. <laughs> what? I yeah, don't remember. It, it was on on Channel Seven. Oh, yeah. And I said, "Watch that." Yeah. It's got Leo in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love Leo, don't we? It's got Leo, and it's um, it's got like a very high score on Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. like ninety-seven percent or yeah. something. Oh, I got to get to that. It's been on note on my phone ever since. So yeah, I haven't seen enough Steven Spielberg directed films to really say if I if I felt it. The, yeah, I felt it in the way that it was good. Okay, like it, yeah. it's, it was directed well. I did have problems with the duration. It seemed like it went way too long. Oh really? Okay. Not so much that it dragged out. Like nothing seemed like it was way too long in parts. Mm-hmm. But the fact, like, just the simple fact that it felt like it was. I think it did come to about a little over two hours right like that's that's long that's yeah, a long yeah. that's a long movie yeah and i'm not saying it dragged at any points but just like i like my movies short and sweet so i don't <laughs> have to watch movies anymore <laughs> the reason i kind of felt it was like spielberg is like i i guess it's hard to explain because I, I haven't read up a lot about um you know his sort of styles and everything it's like kids could watch this and it it just felt very magical and very movie like but it didn't feel yeah it didn't feel like blockbuster you know they were just doing things for the sake of looking cool for movies it felt like i don't know all the characters were characters i thought like the villain for example so many hollywood films don't develop their villain they just sort of they're like oh hey look at this guy he's a bad dude watch out for him he's gonna be scary in this one they they had like constant scenes explaining the bad dude's motivation here you go you've got a little what are you thinking? They also do that in bloody Star Wars with Ben Mendelsohn. They say, <laughs> hey, Ben Mendelsohn, he's a bad bloke. Just take our word for yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. He was great in this. Classic bad bloke, but yeah. Do you think he was great in this? I do. I feel like he didn't phone it in, which yeah. I was like, you get, a, you get a script like Ready Player One yeah. and you are Ben Mendelsohn. I feel like you read it and go, oh, I don't want to do this, but it's probably going to be good money. Yeah. You know, yeah, right. It, it, but you see Steven Spielberg. You but think he does I'm a good gonna... job. Yeah, he didn't phone it in, is what I'm saying. Well, like he seemed to yeah. act in this. And this is what I mean. <laughs> like the universe. I think this is thanks to Spielberg. I think if other, you know, if this was just a Hollywood film, this film would have gone nowhere. It would have been done so poorly. But every character feels like they're a character. Yep. 
including um tracer from overwatch <laughs> <laughs> yeah she was in a very brief cameo mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking about um uh halliday the the ceo of the company who created the oasis yeah he had like mannerisms he was his own character and yep. he actually felt just just by the way he spoke and acted you like ah oh, this guy is like an introvert and he has trouble socializing like you got him he, and he yeah Halloway was pretty much my favorite character. And yeah. I, my note said, the real life characterization of Halloway, not his online persona, was very funny and cool and awkward, but not in a sniffling nerd kind of way, yeah. which it could have very easily been. Yeah, no, you know? in the, bo- in the book, I, the impression I got from Halliday is these, these, because you, you only really ever hear it from his avatar, like his in-game. So he's very booming voice and very authoritative. Right. You don't hear the, you know, introverted guy he actually is. Who played Halloway? Halliday. Mm. Mark Rylance. Oh, I rec- yeah. No, I recognize him. He's Who is uh, he? Spielberg's favorite. He's, oh, great. <laughs> he's in a lot of um, Spielberg stuff, I'm pretty sure. I, I, I genuinely think like he was my favorite. Every time that he was on screen as yeah. the, Hubert, the Hubert person of Do you him. know something you've seen him in? is um, He's the boat captain in Dunkirk the, of the little civilian boat. Oh. <laughs> I'm learning more and more about Dunkirk every day. (laughs) (laughs) To the point where I want to watch it again, because like, yeah, I don't think when I watched it for the first time, I knew that it was Gilderoy Lockhart in there. Oh, that's right. He he just looked like a vaguely familiar face, but now I know it's Gilderoy. I want to go in again. Yeah. But you said before that like every, like this is going to be a massive hit for a lot of people that like love this kind of culture. Yeah. I feel like 10 years down the line, this is going to be a lot of kids' favorite movie. Yeah, you that's know what a I mean. Really good point. Actually. To the point where, like, one of my favorite movies is Scott Pilgrim because yeah. my favorite things when I saw that were comedy and video game stuff. Mm. In a world where we live in VR chat, yeah, this is VR chat. The movie, by the way, that was one of my other little notes. <laughs> um, do you, have you played VR chat ever? No. It is this. You right. put on your visual you put on your headset, you load it up on Steam, you pick an avatar for yourself. It can be anything. Any skin. Right. Okay. And then you just jump between like little areas and oh. speak to people. Oh great. But you know, you uh, you're absolutely right with the comment like this in the future, this is gonna be kids' favourite movies. Because yeah. like it's the thing they're gonna come back to and like, Oh, I watched that as a kid, I should watch it again and then I watch it again and they're like, Oh wow, that actually really is a good film. Yeah. And it's good because this movie celebrates films from the past that were like classic to the kids of that time. It's all about, and including the book, it's all about, oh, as a kid, I love Jurassic Park. Um, and now it's bringing it back. Or like, and this, and that's the, the Halliday, the maker, like his thing is, you know, I loved The Shining as a kid, or I loved this movie as a kid. I'm bringing it back and it's going to be a major part of my Easter egg hunt. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, I, I'm thinking like, because I just, I didn't, I was so ready to hate this, yeah. but there is there are so many good points about it being, like, good for, like, like yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of kids' favourite movies, the fact that we live in a world where VR chat is a thing, and this is VR chat to the extreme. Yeah. People are going to see it and go, that's what the future looks like, and I can't wait for that, and that's going to stick with a lot of people. Yeah, and um, it's, this is like a, like a lot of kids' pastimes is what goes on in this movie, I think, like, the way, sort of games and stuff are celebrated and all the you know social can we media and stuff. can we talk about the um the cameos for a yes. quick oh, second wait. before we get to there i was just gonna say you... no, sorry. It, it's just it's not a segue it was just a joke that i had just thought of 
oh. a, a one-liner joke. Could I just perform it really okay. quickly? Um, there were lots of characters like Tracer from Overwatch and King Kong, um, and Jurassic and the T Rex from Jurassic Park. Why wasn't there um Abraham Lincoln from um uh, Steven Spielberg's 2012 American epic historical drama film directed and produced by Steven Spielberg, uh, Lincoln. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen Lincoln in the final battle. Notoriously loved protagonist, yeah. <laughs> Lincoln. And um, Where was he? And, um, and, and Tom Hanks' character from The Post. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you get your material, Scott? We, uh, we will never know. Wikipedia.org slash wiki slash Steven Spielberg filmography. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. You, I was going to say you, you mentioned point. before we move on um, to more about the movie. You mentioned like why do you think this is a Spielberg film? Spielberg is yep. known for his what are called um, like oneers or one takes or um, oh, yeah. a, a camera movement that doesn't cut. It moves yep. between multiple camera uh, like you know positions of the camera, but it stays the same. There was a lot of that, mm. and there was a very. Um, very Spielberg one at the start, which I thought, okay, this racing is racing scene. Yeah, racing scene. Yes, that had a lot of like every scene had a lot of them. Okay, where it's just like the camera moves from here, it's like a close up, and then it moves out, and then it's a mid shot of you know cars racing, and then it goes back, and it's a wide shot, and then they go in again. But there was one at the start where um he it the camera he, is in his little shed in the room where he um does his his you know goes into the oasis. It then pans around and goes into his goggles. Like, obviously, it's CGI created, but it then zooms around the world as he's narrating it. And it's all this really long shot yeah. of them showing what... And I thought it was a great visual representation of what the Oasis felt like in the book, where it was... It's these so many worlds in space, and they just transition. There's the Minecraft world. There's the... That was weird, wasn't like that. Yeah. I knew that the movie was going to be very referency, yeah. but for some reason, seeing that Minecraft world straight away just made me go, "Oh, yeah!" Like it, it yeah. jarred me for a second because there. you you aren't expecting because you know there's always this thing about you know copyright material. You can't use other studios' things. Yeah. They got so many properties to make this world feel believable because that's the whole reason it sells. Like in, sorry, in the book, you know that's the yeah. reason it's inciting, exciting because people come into the world because they're like, "Oh, I love Harry Potter so much." I can go in here and I can be in Hogwarts. Yeah. I can go anywhere. Just like VR chat. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Revolutionary VR chat. Exactly the same as Oasis. (laughs) Anyway, let's move on to talking more about the film. Yeah. Let's talk about VR chat, uh, colon, the movie, colon, the wrong generation. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There was actually uh, something that I was so ready to to talk shit about on the podcast, yep. but actually didn't happen in the movie. Yeah. They made a great omission by getting rid of this that was originally in the trailers. Okay. There was a point where um, what's his? I, I want to say Percival, but I know it was Parzival. They explain that name in the book. They're God, like, of course they do. I know. I think it's just because the name was taken, so he had to go with Parzival. But he's like, but I like it better because it's my own. Oh, so it was originally going to be Percival. Yeah, but okay. the name was taken. I think that's what it was. Bossman69. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my one. Um, but there was a great omission. There was a trailer and the, and it said like the epitome of the whole Lair Wrong generation movement that's happening right. where a lot of a lot of teenagers, like they love the Beatles so much and they go, I don't want to hear none of this move, music with Lady the Gargars. Yeah. 
and and the twenty one pellets. Yeah, acting as if they don't know what it is. And in one of the trailers or one of the clips, I don't know what it was, but um, the char- the main character says something like, "I was born in two thousand and forty five, but I wish I was born in the nineteen eighties." Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, Jesus! Straight up, straight up, that it was like. The 1980s has all of my favorite things, and meanwhile, Jump by Van Halen's playing in the background. I bet, like, Spielberg was on the Reddit thread being like, everyone hates that line. I better take it out. I w- that I- was it. I'm pretty sure that's in the book. Like, he's like, yeah, I wish I was born in the 80s. Yep. Because that's when Halliday was born, and that's where I, the generation I want to be in. Uh, just, yeah, that, I was just ready to... The second I heard that, that was the moment where, like, I'm off this movie. Yep. I'm off it. Um, but watching the movie, that never happened, so therefore I was on the whole time. Yep. And Do you I, know what? I actually thoroughly enjoyed myself. You showed me the trailer today. Yeah, sure. I can completely understand not wanting to like that movie because yeah. I don't think the trailer was, like, I don't think it was really good and I don't think it gave a good Spielberg take on the movie. Like, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't give that impression. It, it could... What you were saying... Uh, earlier was that you said that if this wasn't handled by Steven Spielberg, it was handled by just a regular studio, it would have been awful. It would have been absolutely awful. The trailer kind of perceived what that studio feel would have been like away from the Spielbergness. Yeah, because the trailer spoiled a lot of things. Yep. um, There are a lot of moments in there I was was taken aback by, even though I'd read the things, because they make a couple of changes from the books, obviously. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple of them they revealed in the trailer that even book people wouldn't have known. Oh, that's cool. And so that's like, it's kind of a shame. So like, I was just going to mention some of the changes was like, um, in the book, he never meets any of them, any of the real life um, right. okay. of his friends until the very, very end. Where essentially when they're about gearing up to go to the final battle. Oh, in, okay. In so... this, they, around the halfway point, he meets up with Artemis. Sure. And... I think I actually liked it about the book was that he never meets any of them because he's only with people when he's in the Oasis and every time he's in real life, he's alone and he's got nothing. Yeah, so they kind of pulled the pin a little bit early there. And not only did they you know, pull the pin, they... Well, I, I, get, I understand Spielberg probably had his reasons for doing that, like in the movie. I get it, it's an adaptation, they're going to have to change things. But in the trailer, they show Artemis' real life character. Yep. And I don't know about the others, mate, possibly. Not... Probably not H. Not H. That's a bit of a reveal in the movie. Not H. Uh, I didn't know about that. That was a cool surprise for me. I didn't even know that that actress was in there, who, oh, who right. I'm a fan of. Yep. Um, you know, like when I when I do my research beforehand, I try to avoid cast lists. Yeah. I like to see what the promotional material is, what they're promoting. If mm-hmm. there's like a cool like that moment, I, like that's why I didn't know that T J Miller was in this. Yeah. Right. Uh, which is a shame that he was in it. Can you can you just let the audience? <laughs> no. <laughs> look, look, TJ Miller, he's a bit of a controversial figure at the moment. Yeah. Um, I personally don't believe his side of his story that is surrounding yeah. him right now. So I don't want really anything to do with him. Um, he was in this movie as a character, um, completely had nothing to do with his face. It was just his voice, yeah. and I didn't realize it. And I liked that character a lot. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Okay, <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I even like the fact that his name is I Rock. Yeah, because that's funny. And he had a lot of funny, like genuinely. Yeah, no, he did. It's because he's. I a laughed good, at it. T.J. Miller is a good comedian. He's a he's yeah. a good comedy actor. And the, the if I if it was performed by anyone else, I would say he could be my favorite character yeah. in the film. <laughs> but now it is tainted because 
what happened was you have just outspoken in the past and I know you have like you didn't really like TJ Miller. And I come around to your laptop and I'm like, oh, do you reckon they cut lo- um, like scenes, like live action scenes of TJ Miller in this film because of like recent controversy? There was no live and action moments with No, him. there wasn't. But I, I was asking you if there was, if you thought there would be cut mm-hmm. scenes. And I come around to your computer and you're like, oh, that was TJ Miller. Well, and then you go up to a line in your notes and you backspace the sentence. I liked the guy with neck pain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was his character, apparently. Because I didn't know his name was Irock. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not paying that close attention. Yeah. Um, another thing that was spoiled in the trailer, that um, it was in the books, but it was just blatantly spoiled in the trailer. And it, it was a moment in the books where shit got real. Right. Was where... Um, because up until the point where uh, Sorrento, the bad dude, the head of the evil corporation, IOI. Yeah, Mendo. Yep. When he um, launches a real-life bombing of the building where he thinks um, Parzival is staying, or the main character. Yeah. In the books, that's like a real moment where you're like, oh, we forgot about the physical world. Because you're just in the Oasis the whole time. You forget they're actual people you know, with real lives and they actually exist in reality. Yeah. And then he, in real life, bombs the building where he thinks he's staying and kills all all the people that have been established to live in that building as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. In the, in the, in the, like in the movie, that was a cool moment as well because I thought, oh shit, no, this, yeah, this is where it's happening. This is where it's going to happen. But then we watched that trailer and you clearly see his, his, um, his building yeah. gets bombed. Um, I, I didn't know uh, when watching the trailer that that's where he lived. I just right. thought that was just a place that was bombed and he was running towards it. Yeah, I don't, okay. it, it could have even been in the yeah, Oasis true, true. for whatever reason. Like, Actually, no, he wasn't his avatar during that scene. But there was a very early shot that was a wide shot that had that building. Mm-hmm. That was when I it was spoiled for me. Like Once I had put all the pieces together, like, oh, this is where he lives. And I remember from the trailer, that gets bombed. Mm-hmm. That's a shame, yeah. You know, but like watching the actual trailer by itself, that wasn't a spoiler so much until it is revealed in the movie, which is in like the first like two scenes. Yeah. So yeah, that 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 was a real shame. Um, another thing that was spoiled in the movie was um a kiss mm-hmm. between um uh, Parzival and um uh, uh, Artemis. Artemis. Spelt with a three. <laughs> <laughs> Arthrimus. Arthrimus. It's like when people, uh, like, if I were to read the book, I would read that as Arthrimus. Yeah. And uh, it's like when people were reading Harry Potter before the Harry Potter movies came out, and there is a whole army of people that is still at heart oh, calling yeah. Hermione Hermione. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so that's how I, I would have uh, I would have read that as Arthrimus. But uh, yeah, there was a there was a spoiler in the trailer that shows them kissing. Mm-hmm. Um. And I didn't want to spoil this to you, actually. Uh, obviously, I'd seen the trailers before the movie. But I leaned over to you and I said, hey, that person's voiced by this girl that's in Bates Motel. Oh, right, yeah, She's yeah. really great. And you were like, does she look like the um, the VR chat version of herself? Does she look like... like it, does it yeah. seem to be her avatar based on the way that she looks? Yeah. And I had to stop myself from going, yeah, but it, that doesn't matter because you see her later on. Right, like, yeah. So, um... It spoiled the fact that you do get to see her, as you mentioned before, but the fact that they actually kissed wasn't so much of a spoiler up until about halfway. Yeah, okay. At the halfway point where they are very, very, like, romantic with each other, mm-hmm. I was just thinking, oh, this kiss could come at any point. Mm-hmm. So if they were, like, completely cold with each other for whatever reason, or if they were just 
normal friends, like completely platonic with each other, mm-hmm. that kiss would have been a spoiler as in the yeah. very last thing. But the fact that they were very romantic, like halfway through, it wasn't so much like it didn't impede my viewing because I was thinking like, oh, this could happen. This scene or the last shot of yeah. the film. It, it's not Spider-Man, the trailer, <laughs> yeah. but it, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, no, yeah, totally. Because there were problems. Yeah, um, in the in the books, that half that point where um, she stops being like she gets a bit like distant with him because he he reveals that he loves her and she's like, you don't you don't know what I look like, you don't know anything about the real person. It's just what I'm showing you. Yep, that was like at that point he loses pretty much everything. He loses her and he loses H as a friend and also he lo- he's just lost his you know where he lives. That doesn't happen in the movie, does it? H, no. H is always with him. Yeah, in. In the movie, they are kind of always friends. But, like, that's really... And it's something I actually liked about the book because it's at that point where he moves out, he goes to the city and buys his own apartment. And he actually oh. he gets fit because in the oh. book, he's really, really fat. That's right. And there was a lot of controversy <laughs> yeah. surrounding the first image because he was just a fit dude. Yeah, exactly. And people were like, this doesn't represent, you know, what I think about the characters to be at all. Yeah. He's supposed to be really, really fat. And what he does is goes to the city. He basically gets fit so that he can actually perform better in-game as well. Yeah. And and from there he and all of the characters don't live in the same city. They're all from around the world. Yeah. Like Shoto and um Daito, they li- they live in Japan. And this yeah. is another spoiler for the book is that Daito actually um is murdered. Iowa sends a gunman off. Shoto then comes over to the states because Whoa. what happens is Ogden Moro, who's um played by Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. He involves himself because he doesn't want a company to own the the oasis yeah so he brings them all together he's nick fury and he assembles the avengers and that's when they all meet and it's right at the end i did like about in the in the film and obviously in the book as well that the two people that made the oasis neither of them are bad people like one of them doesn't turn out to be like wanting to become a big dictator about the whole thing which is such a trope that could very easily been thrown into this Mm -hmm. the fact that simon Pegg's character was cool throughout mm-hmm. the whole movie and obviously so was Halliday as well who yeah. like I've said before is my favourite character almost they just had a misunderstanding yeah. for whatever it was reason just a past squabble that yeah turned them against each other and um that the <laughs> I was gonna say the slight twist with Ogden in the movie is he's the guy who gives um Parzival an extra life yeah and he yeah. I loved that yeah, it was really good absolutely did you hear me in yeah IRL <laughs> I, I went oh yeah the second that he Oh, yeah, because I, I don't know why, but for some reason that really like yeah, it's hit nice. Me. He he's like he has no stake in the in the game. He just wants to help. He's just being a nice dude. In the in the book, um, he he's he's not actually that you know that character. Oh, so that was a cool surprise. For yeah, you it, was as just, well? it was a surprise for me as well. In the in the book, he's yeah, it has nothing to do with. Him. He gets an extra life through playing Pac Man or something. <laughs> 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 when um when he threw the quarter at at the dude. And they walked away with it. I was going to lean over to you and be like, I reckon that's going to come back. <laughs> I reckon that's going to be important. That's, uh, but yeah. it wasn't until that actually happened when, like, I, I wasn't thinking the whole time that oh, this person's probably got an extra bloody life or something for just whatever reason. Yeah. Like having that quarter at the time, I thought that's going to be completely necessary. But then at the end, it was still a surprise when yeah. it did come out. To it's be totally true. cool. I think Yeah. The, even in the book, the way they do that, like you just think, like, how is he alive? That's so. That's just Deus Ex Machina. That's yeah. just you know, where did that come from? Why is he alive? And then they're like, it's the quarter. Like that, it gives him the extra life, and that's such a cool. Like yeah. it works with the real world. 
implications of extra life or whatever. Yeah. Um, I was going to quickly just say my two favorite things about the movie. And sure, that's, that's fine. I've got uh, two favorite things okay, too. Okay, great, great, great. Awesome. So, <laughs> first of all, the visuals. Yeah. I thought absolutely fantastic. I didn't know how, what they were going to do, how they were going to show the Oasis. Technically, everyone's CGI. Like, it's mocap. Yeah. So, so it's mocap in the fact everyone looks like their real emotions and it looks like real facial expressions for the most part. But it is CGI. Like, they, they don't look like um, real people. It's, it's almost um, Uncanny Valley, do you think, there were some points? I didn't. I never really noticed it. Because their eyes were really big. Yeah. So, I kind of noticed. I was like, they just, they're just from a video game. They're not trying to look like real people. But I think, I think the thing I found about it was, even though it does look cartoony, it, it really looked real in terms of what a video game would look like. And it didn't look yeah. crap. There, there were some shots as well. It was when Arthramus and Parzival uh, meet for the first time yep. and um, and H is fixing the bike, the mm-hmm. Akira bike, and H goes, okay, I'll fix this. I'll be literally 10 minutes. And then he just walks off. And then there was just one very particular camera shot. If, if you're listening to this before the, you see the movie, just pay attention to this. The way that they kind of like follow the characters as they kind of walk off very slightly into the distance towards the Iron Giant, mm. it seemed like such like video game, just at the end of a cutscene very like recent games that like the quality of the cutscenes are the same as the quality yeah. of the game mm-hmm. the way that it kind of just zoomed out a little bit where they you see their whole body because it's the third person game oh, and then they're about to follow them okay. into like the gameplay and that's cool it, it was just it was just the way that they just positioned the camera to be that way mm-hmm. made me go oh it's just like you're about to like start playing again imagine, after that cutscene just happened imagine if it didn't cut and the camera just followed from a third person angle like imagine, them behind. No, imagine <laughs> if that happened and then a, a HUD showed up and then like <laughs> yeah. life, or life and then party controllers members. pop up in front of you in the cinema <laughs> yeah. and they're like, you're playing the game now. <laughs> Are you ready, player one? Yeah. Can you high five that one? Because I was really proud of it. <laughs> Get it? Good. Good Thanks. stuff. I'll just give you a very quick crit- criticism. Yeah. The title, when it's first seen in this movie, when it says ready, player one, like at the start of the movie. Mm-hmm. They're, they're just coming out of the... This is they're showing you what the Oasis is. And then it goes... The camera sort of goes down through the clouds towards the ground. And then it goes black and it's like ready play one. And then it fades back and it continues the same shot. And oh, yeah. Where they're just going through the clouds. But it felt like... Oh, guys, where do we put the title? It's like, oh, shit. We didn't really <laughs> plan for that. I don't know. Just stick it in the middle of this shot. That'll yeah, work. Yeah, right. But the thing is... In the book, it's explained what Ready Player One means. It's the first thing you see when you log into the Oasis. Okay. It's not, and it's not, and it's not an option. It just says, um, "Welcome to the." Well, it's just thing. It just says, "Ready Player One, welcome to the Oasis," and then you're you start playing the game. Should have been press start to continue, but okay. And so it would have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, also good. Are you going in co-op? What, what? <laughs> <laughs> but what, like, it, I don't know. It's so it's so minor. But when he put the VR goggles on, that's when it should have said Ready Player One. As it zoomed through the tunnel of light. Well, it does. It does do that, but it says Oasis. Like, oh yeah, well, it, does. It, does, well it does in the trailer at least. I don't know if they did that in the yeah. film. But once you puts on the, it kind of the camera goes through the transition from the real world into the Oasis, and it says the word Oasis. You're right. It should have been should have been Ready Player, Ready Player One. One would have made a lot more sense. Whatever. It would have. It's a minor criticism. Anyway, back to the things we loved. That's your one thing that you loved. Was there a second thing that you loved, or did you? Oh, I was just, just going to say with the, the visuals as well. There were just so many things that were they told you so much about the world without explaining it through dialogue. Yeah, like just just through the visual effects and things like that. Um, the 
when when he's on the street in the car race at the start and he opens his door and collects money from another character like he's got this little tool in his car i loved all the money. that i loved that I was like, so much that is so much better than just driving through the the money and you get the money yeah he's like, he opens his door lets the money in and then he can fuel up yeah he like so grabs awesome. it and like throws it towards his fuel gauge yeah it's it was... very opposite to um to scott pilgrim <laughs> when when he kills an enemy then like four coins will fall down he's like oh sweet coins yeah <laughs> and he has to get down on his knees to start picking it all yeah. up one by one I thought that was just a, such a cool little visual detail. Yeah. No, definitely. But yeah, that was a great... Uh, yeah, there was a lot of very interesting visual cues like that that really made it what it is. Mm-hmm. God, um, can you imagine the visual editing of this one? Yeah. Can you crazy. imagine... That, like, the what, whole thing. And also the, the <laughs> long shots as well. Like, yeah. you couldn't even just, like, render a 10-second, like, a 3-second <laughs> yeah. uh, shot. It was, like, the whole... Oh, God. Gross. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure there were less live-action scenes in this than there were CGI. Yeah, definitely, definitely, easy, yeah. easy, easy, easy. <laughs> um, the other thing I loved about it, my favorite scene I was going to talk about. So in the, so obviously there are three challenges that they have to go through to get the keys. Yep. In the books, every challenge is different from the movie. I and I totally understand because I think the one, the things they chose to do as challenges to get a key in the movie were much more interest, like visually pleasing than the book. Yeah. Um, but my favorite scene in in the in the books, and this is what I was. I really like this about the books. It was such an awesome idea, but I thought there's no way they can visually show this and have it be good. So in the book, essentially one of Halliday's favorite movies is the movie called War Games, and it has it features the guy from um, Ferris Bueller. 21 Jump Street, it's War Dogs featuring Jonah Hill. No, it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> but he's but he's in the, ni- the 2040s. It could have been War Dogs. Yeah, it could have been War Dogs. Essentially, the challenge is, he go he is dropped into this world okay and he is he can't move himself or no i think he can move but he he realizes that he is looking out of the eyes of the main character of the movie war games the things around him are programmed to have the movie play out but he is the main character in the movie right yeah so if a character asks him a question he has to respond with the exact line from the movie in order to proceed if he gets it wrong it's like a score against his name. And if he gets too much wrong, he'll fail the challenge. So he has to essentially act and say everything that the main character did oh. in the movie. Do you, do you get what yeah, I'm no, yeah, 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 yeah. So it, that was, I thought that was an awesome idea. That is and great. in the book, they say like that became, that was like the first of its kind in the challenge. But then everyone started replicating and creating movies where you could literally play them out. And if you got too much of the stuff wrong, like if you didn't remember enough, you would fail. So I was thinking, oh, well, they can't just pl- have a movie play out. Yeah. Or they can't, you know, they can't, even just a montage of him going through the movie would be a bit weird, especially if you hadn't seen that movie. In this, they choose a little bit of a more popular movie. Yeah. They choose The Shining. And they invent their own mystery as to why that's a part of the Easter egg hunt. I, I was convinced they were not going to do this at all. I was convinced they would never do this movie challenge. And so when they said, oh, we have to figure out Ogden's favorite, oh, sorry, we have to figure out Halliday's favorite movie, I was like, oh something they're wow, gonna do yeah. it it's and nice. then it started i was like but they're not surely not going to do war games because i don't know that they can't do that but then like it was flicking around and i saw the shining and i was like oh imagine if they did the shining that'd be awesome and then they <laughs> and it looked like he was just gonna like pass it up but then he grabbed it and i was like oh they're doing the shining that's awesome and then it dropped and then when they walked through the movie theater it's the opening shot like well sorry the opening shot as to how they introduce the overlook hotel which is from the movie and i know you haven't seen the shining yeah no i haven't I, that that was one of my notes where mm. i spoilers 
Spoilers yeah. for <laughs> The Shining. Spoilers for The Shining. Yeah. But they literally are walking through this hotel and it is it looks exactly the same. And the little girls looked exactly the same. Yeah, and, they did, yeah. And the and or oh, some of the shots were also exactly the same. When they walk up to the typewriter, that low camera angle of the typewriter and you see them walk up, that's I, exactly shot that's the same shot. I heard you go <laughs> Yeah <laughs> during that typewriter shot. And I was like, no way this is happening. This is true. I was just I was blown away that they were even doing it. Yeah. And the fact that it was actually a really cool scene and that um H didn't like horror movies and hadn't seen it, and he just had to run through all the like crazy bits from The Shining. As they, they I mean, it's, it doesn't happen exactly like The Shining does, obviously. But yeah, he's just running through a maze, and he's this weird girl in the bath attacks him. That's what I was going to ask: is the girl in the bath that's part of the movie? It I is imagine. part of the movie. I don't know if she turns into a weird zombie thing. Well, the character says in Ready Player One, it's like there's no zombies in yeah right in uh, this. So, but what I was going to ask is: is the actress pretty much like do they try to get like a very similar looking I think, actress i think it must have been i i actually thought because it was so similar you know when the blood comes out of the the elevator yeah that it looked like the exact same shot that's and so cool i i kind of thought is this literally the movie but they've green screened h in to the well, shot well that, that's, that's what i thought they'd done well that's why i was asking that question about whether the actress looks the same because like to really to really get something to look so similar to something else yeah. you've got the movie magic now where you're making vr chat the movie yeah you could very easily just take a scene from an old movie update the graphics and just chuck in a green screen character yeah. i thought that maybe that lady in the bath was the exact same i thought person. so i thought it could be too because the only time they deviated was like angles in which you couldn't really see what she looked like or sure like that. yeah so yeah, I I thought that was scene was absolutely amazing, and in it, it was not just like the book where they had to repeat lines. They just it was just turned into a challenge, like they had to fight the monsters of The Shining. Yeah, and so that was probably my favorite scene in the movie. And I was just shocked they even did it, and not and also because I was like I don't watch war games, so that wouldn't be exciting. But the fact they you know they did a movie I'd seen and it was pretty famous. Yeah, movie and they handled it so well. I thought no, they've definitely made the right choice by changing the movie. Yeah, um, no one's seen War Dogs, starring Jonah Hill. <laughs> but like, um, that's true. That that was one of my iffy to negative notes. Where like to me it was I got some spoilers from that because I've been trying to avoid it right. very very much so. Um, but I understood the references enough. Like yeah. I obviously know about the twins and the. The photo of yeah. Jack Nicholson. The axe, and... axes through the wall. Yeah. Um, so it was still cool and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, could be one of my favorite scenes actually just because I'm a film nerd. Mm. Like I, I got it enough to be like, they're clearly putting a lot of love and care into this. Um, is that your second and final point? Yeah, that was for your favorite yeah, thing. That's all I wanted to say about. Away from, um, so I'll start talking about mine now, things that I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, away from the guy with um, neck pain. <laughs> uh, I really like Superman Marcus Phoenix, okay. which was um, <laughs> which, go on. <laughs> which was which was played by Ben Mendo Mendelssohn, mm-hmm. um, Sorrento when he's in the Oasis. Oh, okay, yeah. don't he look like Superman Marcus Phoenix? Yeah, he does. He's he this looks businessman. Like he's Superman. Buff. He's super. He's got the Superman hair, and he's trying to make himself look all good, classic classic ego when it comes to vr chat like yeah. you want to make your avatar look as pretty as possible yeah. but also he is wide like marcus phoenix from gears of war yeah right yeah he is <laughs> so if you watch this with that in mind going there's a gears of war reference in this it's not going to be the gun with the chainsaw it's the fact that they've seemed to have 
modeled their main antagonists after the main protagonists of Gears of War. Yeah, it's just this big bulk looking dude. Um, and the other thing that I really liked this is this is kind of a spoiler. Okay. Spoilers for um, spoilers for Ready Player One. Obviously, yeah. My favorite joke was um, Sorrento's password being Bossman sixty nine. Cracked me up so much because you get you get little hints at it, and mm. I'm trying, and it looks like it just looks like a random jumble of numbers yeah, and, and letters, and I'm thinking, oh, he's gonna have a peeky look at that, and because he's so smart, the main character is just gonna somehow remember all that. Mm. But the fact that, like, if I read Elite Speak version of Boss Man sixty nine, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna remember that. So it's completely justifiable. He was like, "What's the, what's the password?" Did he like kind of feels ashamed to say? Yeah, right. Out loud. B zero five five man sixty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that um scene was in the book where they pretend they trick. I'm pretty sure it wasn't in the book where they trick Sorrento into thinking is in virtual reality, but it's not. Wait, did you say it is or it isn't in it's the book? It's not in the book. Oh, okay. So when that when that happened, when they were pointing a gun at him, I thought, what the hell is this? This is stupid. He has comes up with this amazing plan to like get into the IOI building. Yeah. And in this, they just like somehow walked up. I'm like, what the hell? They've just got guns and they're getting at gunpoint. I like the idea that they got the main baddie in this spot where he thinks that he's one way, but he's actually the other. And it was really great use of the fact that they they can change their avatars to look like the real version yeah. of themselves for whatever reason. That's fine. Like, th- I thought that was great. But what I didn't like was the scene, well, the shot basically straight after that where the main character takes off his disguise and he's wearing his regular avatar look again. So very clearly, you are in the Oasis. We all get you're in the Oasis. But then what he does is he brings up two screens and he goes, this is what Ben Mendo Mendelssohn sees. But this is what he actually sees in the real world. Yeah. He's not really there, but like we get it. Yeah, you know, yeah, like you, yeah. you do, he literally brought up two screens for the person that is there, already at that station. You know, like there was yeah. some, there was someone else there, like working next to um. Oh yeah, who that was, was it. It was the person I didn't care about. This uh, is my other point. I'm about to get to in a second. <laughs> it was either Show or Dato. Shoto, I think. Now, they explained it to Shoto. They were like, "Oh yeah, do you get it now?" He was there. He, he was there. He, he was clearly there came up with H. the plan with them. Yeah, he was next to H, who was like working on it. He was like, "This is what's happening," and this is what he thinks is happening. They should just look right, at the viewers, it. the camera, and go like, "This, do you, do you get it?" Now, if you're at the cinemas right now and you don't get it, don't worry. We put some flyers underneath your seat. Everyone can look under the seat <laughs> and follow this step by step. That really made me angry. Uh, but anyway, I'm talking about the things that I liked. Yep. Uh, Bossman '69, uh, Superman Marcus Phoenix. For some, like the fact that he walked out and he's like Lex Luthor, but looks yeah. like he looks like Lex Luthor from like the Injustice games where he has like the mech suit and he's just really yeah. tank, but he's got the Superman hair. And I thought that's classic. Yeah, he a, thinks he's a good guy. Yeah. He thinks he's Superman. Right. So I thought that was great. I love the fact that Holloway was, um, a, an interesting character and was awkward and had like a stutter, but he wasn't like a sniffling nerd. Yeah. One thing I didn't like, well, not that it's not that I didn't like it. It's just that I didn't care much for the high five group that weren't Parzival, Arthramus mm-hmm. or H. Yeah. The other two, they were like very, they were just shown like, yeah, here they are, but you never speak to them until the point where it's like, hi, I'm this person in the real life. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. I'm here for, I'm here for the three. This should be the high three, not the high five. But like then the second half, because you know them IRL, then you're kind of forced to watch them more so in the Oasis. Yeah. But the, the reveal is like, you're the actual person. It's like, 
I'm pretty sure that Parzival never spoke to the other two, like until <laughs> that point. <laughs> no. So that that was kind of a that was a miss for me. And that was that was um I think a loss in the adaptation. In the book, they are better characters in the sense they Shoto and Daito essentially are working together, but they never they don't ever team up with the ma- the other three. Right. Okay. The only reason they switch is because they realize they have to like form in order to be IOI. But then what happens is Daito is murdered in real life. And they actually think Daito and Shoto are brothers because they do everything together and they think yep. they're real brothers. And then it's revealed that, no, they never actually met in real life. Daito died. Yeah. Shoto fled the country and came to America um, because Ogden flew him over. And so you actually, it actually is kind of a reveal when you see them in real life that he's this young kid. Because yeah. you're like, oh, crap. Like, he's lost his only friend in the world. And he never even met him. Oh, yeah. So it, right. it was still a reveal seeing him to be as young as he was in the movie. But yeah. if they had that to be his only friend was a person that just died, that would be yeah. insane. It was, yeah. All the reveals were much more like kind of emotional because it was, they, they were all going into this final battle and they were like, okay, we need to quickly meet each other. This is really weird because none of it, no, no one was like they expected. And then they have to go on the final battle. Yeah. Well, that, that does it for my likes and dislikes. Yes. That also does it for my. I think the only other bad thing, and I think uh, part of the thing, uh, cringe that remains from the books that made it into the movie. Oh, no. Was, uh, I thought you were going to say another nice positive thing. Nope. It's the, <laughs> it's the one bad thing that I wrote down was that uh, when he meets, um, what's her name in real life, Artemis in real life, and he strokes her hair back and then touches her chin. Oh, that was weird, wasn't I it? Know, I just didn't like No, that, that was really weird. Really strange. And then that was she, weird. She, off she the goes bat. along with it. Yeah. Yeah, and the, it'd be and the, so awkward in real life, but he's like hell confident. I'm like, why are you so confident? Yeah, don't be. <laughs> You're not as attractive as you and are in the game. <laughs> Ooh, uh, but that yeah, like, and the way that they kind of like try to make it okay, and I'm using quotation marks with my fingers right now, is yeah. that like, oh, he's just moving her hair back a little bit so we can have a look at the birthmark on her eyes. It's like yeah. that's no. Even if you want to have a good look at something. Don't don't just stroke someone's hair back. No, he, no he wouldn't be that confident either. He's he's supposed to be very introverted. I think Ollie, you and I, we can both say that we're done with this segment. And we are just like Twisted Sister. We're not gonna take it anymore. <laughs> no, we ain't gonna take it. We're not gonna take it anymore. Dun, 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 I think dun, actually dun, we do need to discuss one quick thing. <laughs> is that prior to the movie beginning, you whisper to me, Ollie, yeah. this uh. <laughs> Is this movie going to begin with Take On Me by Aha? Yeah. Or is it going to begin with Jump by Van Halen? I said one of them is going to be the intro song and yeah. one of them is going to be the song that plays while they're like the big war's happening. Yeah. Which is it going to be? And you said Jump by Van Halen will be the first song? Yep. <laughs> Guess what, baby? It Opening sure credits. Dun, 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 dun. Jump! <laughs> uh, yeah, but, it, but um, Aha, Take On Me wasn't in there at all. It was a, it it was was a passing reference. Mentioned. Um, but uh, yeah, we're, uh, we're not going to take it is what was played, uh, while they're, uh, they're asserting themselves as the good guys. And then the end is, uh, you make my dreams come true by Hall & Oates during the, you make my dreams come true. Do, 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 do. So what do you give this movie and the trailer? Uh, uh, just, uh, a low distinction. Like it was, a, it was an average film that I liked enough. Oh, really? The trailer, it, it made me think I was going to hate the film, which is the complete yeah. opposite of what it was, but that's just the nature of the film and the nature of my personality. <laughs> <laughs> to be like, hey, I think they're doing this for a cash grab. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, I love the Bates Motel. It's definitely, you know, has nothing to do with the fact that I just love Psycho <laughs> and I'm watching it because I love Psycho so much. 
which um by the way the, the person from Bates Motel was in this which I really liked and I didn't I didn't realize until like I really paid attention to the trailers I think yeah like the first couple of times I saw the trailers I was just like trying to like look at all the times Tracer from Overwatch was in the in the yeah, trailer yeah, yeah. but when I realized it was like hey I know this person from another thing that was cool and but I was surprised that like people like Simon Pegg I didn't know he was in it yeah yeah neither did I trailer trailer will be a credit yeah it I would say trailer gets a pass from me I'm I think it spoiled way too much but, but like even like because I watched the a full like 15 minute thing that's like these are all the clips that's been released and these are all the trailers and whatever and they'd have like little short documentaries of like Steven Spielberg talking about Ernest Klein and talking yeah. about these characters right um, but they they did a very good job, I think, in that way, to keep to keep it pretty succinct in the first act. Mm-hmm. Even like very first act, actually. Now that I think about it, like I didn't get to see any of the shining stuff in any of the promotional material. Yeah, even like the stuff of like the big battle at the end was like there was a substantial amount of it not shown. Credit, credit. Yeah, no, that's a good point. They didn't show m- much of the challenges. Yeah, nothing from the shining, which is. That's so. That's good. They didn't show that um, Lena Waithe was um, H. They didn't show yeah, that the, yeah, the kid yeah. was eleven. Like you know, there was there was enough surprises. Compared to other trailers we have seen, yeah, it is, it is it, a lot isn't better. that funny? We are so, so much. Cr- I bring it up to a credit because of that reason. Yeah. That in context with other trailers, it is just <laughs> it's a lot better in terms of what it reveals. Great. For the movie that I am very tempted to give it a low high distinction. For, I just thought for what the book was. Something that was, I really, enjoy, I enjoyed the concept and I enjoyed a lot of it, but I just didn't, I just uh, really detested some of the cringy, you know, know-it-all yeah. references. I think it was such a good adaptation, like, the, way, the way they did it, it was so good. Com- like, again, compared to other things that are trying to adapt things, Tomb Raider, Ooh. Be, be better at adapting things. This was such a good adaptation and they really made it for film. Like, it's, this is a film, this is not a book, they've made it into a film yes so i i i'm gonna give it a low to high distinction i really enjoyed it uh let's talk about something else (gasps) what let's talk about um rotten tomatoes okay let's talk about fruit fruit for a bit fruit is a cute is a game that we play at ignorance is this headquarters the the reason behind the name fruit is a cute is because rotten tomatoes is the quest is the number right Okay. Uh, so, so what we do when we play the fruit is a cure is I will give Oliver a film that has a Rotten Tomatoes score, and basically that just means like, what do you think in percentage the movie is worth? Uh, for example, I do this every time, but I think North by Northwest is a great example. Where I say North by Northwest to Oliver, Oliver replies with five percent. There's a big ding ding no. You you, you messed up real bad. <laughs> yeah, just real then. bad. Opposite uh, end of the spectrum, one might say. Yes, it'll be it'll be within the high nineties, if not a hundred percent. And uh, so if he gets within five percent of the score that uh, that it actually is, then he gets a big. A ding ding yes, yeah. but if he is an idiot and he says five for something like North by Northwest, then he gets a big ding ding no. Yeah. Uh, so normally I do five. Yeah, I'm doing four this time. Oh, because we're already over time. We got we got <laughs> we got to save. We have so much to say about a VR chat. The movie I was born in the wrong generation. So let's start with a film. Um, that I'm gonna start with this because I don't know if you know anything about it. Let me um. Let me get the um, the poster up because you would have seen the poster before. Okay. <laughs> so I so and you okay, can make so an assumption based on that. It's turned into what do I think this movie is worth based on the poster? It's just <laughs> it's just that I I try to make sure that Ollie knows what it is that I'm going to be asking him because it's unfair for him to guess something that he doesn't know. Yeah. 
Uh, it's it's Adam Sandler's film from 1999, Big Daddy. There's the poster <laughs> for it. It's of him um, peeing in a public place uh, with the with a kid that he seems to be taking care of. Yeah. Uh, it says, once you adopt the kid, you've got to keep him. Nature cold, <laughs> look who answered from Adam Sandler, Big Daddy. Wow, that's a lot of subtitle yeah, yep. for that movie. <laughs> uh, wh- what do you think Nature- it got? <laughs> what do you uh, reckon? 12. Within, within 5%. I'm going to say 12. No. Uh, that's, that's a ding, ding, no. <laughs> ding, ding, no. Uh, 40%. Okay. Now, look. One Rot- of the better Adam Sandler films. Rotten Tomatoes has not been around since the late 1990s. So yes. so that is uh, people going back to the film to review it, which means that it's probably going to be held in higher regard because who would go back to a Very film true. like that? Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Um, also, I think it's important that I say, because I, I forgot to say it just five seconds ago, but normally I like to play this game with a little bit of an extra element Whereas there's a common theme throughout. Yes. Keep that in mind when thinking about Big Daddy and, um, <laughs> from 1999 and comparing it to 2005, uh, Lindsay Lohan's led a Herbie Fully Loaded. <laughs> what do you reckon it got? <laughs> I've actually seen this. Yeah, me too. I don't know. I don't remember. I think we watched it in media class. Yeah, this is a great example of a good film, Herbie Fully Loaded. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why we're watching it. Yep. Um, let's say 40, no, 32 if you, if you, I'm if sorry. You it, I'm sorry. 42%. Oh, a ding, ding, no. seriously? A big God ding, ding, damn. no. God damn. <sighs> you, okay. you found any common themes yet? Fully loaded. Herbie fully loaded and Big Daddy. Okay, no, we'll mm. see. We'll see. Okay, um, let's move on to a film very recent. Okay. Uh, 2017's Despicable Me 3. So they're all comedies of some sort. I think Kristen, Kristen, Kristen Wiig is in Despicable Me 3. Let's say it got 55. Ding, ding, yes. Oh. Uh, 59. Ding, ding, ding. 59. Nice. It, got, it did have uh, uh, Kirsten Wig in it, by the way. Nice. Kristen. Kristen I, Wig. I thought it was Kirsten as well. Yeah, it's, a, it's a K-R-I-S-T-E-N. Kristen. Confirmed. Uh, yeah, uh, 59%. Great. Excellent. Now, uh, last one. I'm only doing four this week, yep. and this is the last one. It's necessary that I do it because you don't know the answer to it. 2018's Ready Player One. What do you think it holds on Rotten Tomatoes right now? I'm really hoping it's high because I, I thought it deserved a lot. Yeah. I'm going to say 85. A ding, ding, no. Oh. 76. Okay. That's certified yep. fresh, Ollie. Yeah, yep. That's, That's good. Certified certified a good movie. Yeah. And I, and I love it when, um, <laughs> I love it when like Twitter accounts for this kind of movie is like, the internet has spoken. Ready Player One is certified fresh. Ding, ding, ding. And then, like, it has, like, 76%. Yeah. You know? No, this is good. It's good. If my, if my first film only... was 76%, I'd be very happy with it. But if I was Steven Spielberg, would I be happy with 76%? I think I would. Do you know why? Because I don't... I think the concept behind Ready Player One is not... Like, my parents would not enjoy that. Yeah, like, no, fair enough. I don't think most adults would enjoy it because it's a lot of it is very referential to the, more the youthful time culture. that they grew up in. You mean, <laughs> if anything, they would be the ones that know. know yeah, it but most. it's it's it exists in the context of millennials rather than I don't think it. I don't think people from the eighties like this as much. I don't. Sure, know, it depends yeah, on who you are from the eighties. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah. All right. So, what was the other common link? What was the common uh, chain link between those? Okay. Big Daddy. Herbie Fully Loaded, Despicable Me 3, and Ready Player One. They all play a video game in the movie? Yeah, you're close. They all play something. 
Oh, okay. Uh, they play Atari. No. Uh, okay. I don't know. They play Jump by Van Halen. Oh, <laughs> damn it. Jump! Good night, Australia. No, <laughs> not yet. We've got to still do plugs. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so by uh, heading over to our Gmail account and shooting us an email. If you say something nice, we'll uh, relay it on the show. And by that, you just mean you can just uh, send us an email with questions and we can answer them on the show. Uh, that is ignoranceisthispodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. We've had a couple people uh, hit us up on Twitter in the past. Uh, that is uh, twitter.com slash ignoranceispod. Go into our Facebook that just hit 100 likes. Congratulations to us. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash ignorance is this podcast. And uh, we've also got a, a Tumblr account now hosted by our very good friend Eden. Let's post her sick art on there. Uh, that's ignorance is this podcast.tumblr.com. And um, I don't do this very... I haven't referenced this since way back in the very early days of the podcast. But go on to iTunes and um, review the show. It's very. It helps us out a lot. It, it gets us up on the newer, noteworthy part of the iTunes store, which helps us get some extra listeners. So tell your friends and uh, give us a five star review on iTunes, or give us a you know what, give us a four star review. We'll be happy with it. Two star review. Do we do we deserve a two star review? Let us know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Full name, address, <laughs> and phone number, please. We'll find you. Which window is unlocked? <laughs> oh jeez! All right, tell us. Uh, so that so that does us for another episode. Those are the plugs. Yes. Um, and what we what we love to do at the end of every episode of Ignorance is this is is we uh we have a little haiku based on the movie that we watched this week. Yeah, we watched Ready Player One this week, and this week I've ha- I've invented a haiku. You invented the haiku this uh, week. Yeah, yeah. Five seven five. Ooh, <laughs> revolutionary. This guy. This guy's a bloody poet. He should be part of a <laughs> bloody twisted sister. Um. I think like, I wrote this We're one. Not gonna take <laughs> That's five seven five. I think I wrote this one on purpose to make you a bit cringe because obviously we've talked a lot today yeah. about how there are aspects of this movie and the book that, in true cring- Ernest cring- Klein cring- fashion, cringe, cringe a little bit. Yep. So I wrote this one very specifically to make you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's see if it makes me do it. Let's hear that cringe sound again. <sighs> Great. Okay, let's here it, it is. All right. Neckbeard fan fiction. <laughs> Artie gets pregnant and says, Ready Player Three. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what would happen in the sequel. Yes. Good night, Australia. Good night, Australia.